0: Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Hi, guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Happy New Year, Em. I know, first episode of 2022. How does it feel? I'm so happy to be back. It feels good to be back, right? Yeah. So, full disclosure, Julie and I have been away together the last week or so. So, I think recording this is the longest we've gone apart for what, the last 10 days?
1: By apart, just so everybody knows, she means in the same apartment, just in different rooms. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) So, before we get into the episode, I just want to follow up on the discussion that we were having from the episode before break which was so much about the Kardashian Christmas party. And we were really sitting in anticipation on what Christmas Eve would be. And God, was it anticlimactic. I mean, we got a very limited amount of content, understandably so, but I think our expectations were just way too high.
1: That was one of the most stark examples of expectations versus reality that I've ever experienced in my life.
0: It hit me like a ton of bricks, Julie.
1: You know, the thing is also, obviously it was a little bit of wishful thinking on our part that we thought we would get a full Christmas Eve party. And I understand that. Like in light of COVID, we probably should have assumed. But even the content in general, just from Christmas Eve and Christmas Day was so lacking. And that's what I was extra surprised by.
0: Well, when I was thinking about it a little more, I realized that, okay, if they're doing a more intimate Christmas Eve, it's what you would assume is just the family or something like that. And so I understand the lack of content Specifically right now, because of how many complicated relationship dynamics there are. Like, we don't really know what's going on with Kim and Kanye. Was Pete there? Was he not there? Tristan and Chloe, obviously not in a good spot. Kylie and Travis have been trying to stay low. We all had kind of the expectation that it would be a little bit difficult with Scott being there with Travis and Courtney. So I get it on that front totally. But the second thing, which isn't really Kardashian specific, it's just always applies to them is, the idea of celebrities no longer sharing their Christmas presents or kind of having any show of extravagance. And don't get me wrong, I fully get it. Like on a level of evaluating tone deafness, I so get it. But I'd be lying if I told you I didn't miss it. Oh,
1: I so miss it. I mean, for me personally, and again, every single person is different when it comes to this sort of thing. For me, I view it as such escapism. I actually always think about this in terms of Olivia Jade, because one of the things that she was really known for prior to the college admission scandal was these luxury Christmas hauls that she would do and she would show off all the gifts that she got for Christmas. And obviously in light of the scandal, she stopped doing those. And if you look at her comment section, it's so many people asking her to bring those back. And on some level, I think it's a little bit of a TikTok joke that's gotten a lot of life, but I think a lot of people are really serious about wanting to see that. So the question I always have is as a celebrity... How do you balance that of like what you know that if you do it, you are going to factually get so much shit for it. But on the other hand, you have your fans and people who follow you asking specifically for you to do that. And that's always a tough position to be in.
0: Well, Olivia Jade specifically is very interesting because you're so right. The general response would just be terrible. And we know that, but there is this real group of people who are probably her most Fans that want it and crave it. And on TikTok, it's funny because it almost has the energy of like, just do it and I promise we'll give you a free pass, which probably is true. But of course, that doesn't then extend to the rest of the world or the rest of the people viewing it. I don't know. I mean, it is so personal. But for me, I view that type of stuff very similar to a reality show. And so to me, tuning in on Instagram and seeing what celebrities or the Kardashians or what other ridiculous, extravagant gift was received, I find fun. But don't get me wrong. I get that this is probably the right move. I'm just being honest. Right. Exactly. So before we get into the actual episode, we decided right before we started recording, Julie came into my room and we kind of were just discussing how we see so much on TikTok and Twitter and really everywhere of 2022 celebrity predictions. And so we did not put together any sort of a fully fleshed out list. We really wanted to do it more off the cuff. So what I'm about to go through is the bulleted list we put together a few minutes ago, because we wanted it to be this exact type of energy. So how do you feel about going through some of those?
1: I feel incredible
0: about it. Okay. The first thing on this list is Lindsay Lohan, big comeback. And I just want to say, I really feel it. I think that we are going to see from her what we have not seen in so many years.
1: I feel like we will all fall in love with seeing Lindsay on our screen again. And I think it's going to be a combination of that, as well as when we see her in this Netflix movie, I think we're going to be reminded of the talent she has, which is something that in the conversation of Lindsay Lohan, I think gets very forgotten about. And obviously maybe a Netflix Christmas movie isn't the best example of showcasing someone's acting talent, but I do think that we're going to be reminded of all of the things she did and the goddamn weight she pulled in Hollywood for so many years.
0: Yeah. And I I kind of am curious also f- from her perspective, because so much of what we talk about is like, oh, this is how the public's going to receive her. And I think that that is all true, everything you just said. But also what does it feel like for her that the last time she was in the public eye in a big way was when she was at the height of her fame? And what does it look like for her now knowing that the industry she's re-entering into. And I say that carefully. I know she never really exited it, but the the industry that she's really re-entering is very different. And the media attention is a lot less toxic. Yes, there's a long way to go, but it's leaps and bounds from where she came from. And so I wonder if this will be a generally more positive experience for her, just that alone.
1: Yeah. It, it will be interesting to see the way that she balances that because I think a lot of celebrities who are in Lindsay Lohan's position in terms of the media attention, it kind of goes 100 to zero in the sense of like you are on every single newsstand and then you take a step back and you're forgotten about. And that's just kind of the cycle of Hollywood. With Lindsay, I think she went 100 to maybe 15, where we've never forgotten about her. She's never been out of sight for too long. She still has social media. We still keep tabs on her. She's had reality shows. She's had projects she's worked on. But it's definitely not in any sort of a major way. And I think this is the first time in years that we're going to see her come back in a major way. So you're right in the sense of it'll be really fascinating to see the way not only she handles it and not only the public response to it, but the way the media gives her a new type of attention.
0: Next thing on this list is Kim Balenciaga. And there's so much here and I want to hear your thoughts on this. For me, I guess my general stance is the way that she has religiously committed to Balenciaga in this last year is not a coincidence. And I don't know what is coming. I don't know what that title is going to be or what the brand association will be with Balenciaga, but it is absolutely going to be something. And I just want us to really be on hyper alert for that because it's coming and I have to imagine it's coming soon.
1: I agree. It definitely has to be a larger integration than just her wearing Balenciaga constantly. You know, I have to say that I really think that it's a high possibility that she's named as the female creative director for Balenciaga.
0: You know, we've spoken about that and it's not that I disagree. I absolutely think that that would be such a natural progression. And that's kind of the only title that if you ask me, okay, well enough with the idea but what do you actually think? That's probably what I would say in terms of official title. I just don't know if there's a way that she could be involved with the brand that we're not even thinking of.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, it definitely doesn't have to be that large of a jump to an official title. I think that when I think of Kim, something I do is I try to maximize her legacy in terms of my thinking. So it's like, okay, in X number of years, how will we view Kim? And I think when you put a title next to her name, such as the women's creative director of Balenciaga, along with all of her other accomplishments, what you continue to do is really cement that legacy, especially when it's like such a tangible thing that you can read. So in terms of Balenciaga, it's one thing for her to be involved. It's another thing when you say like, this is her official title and this is what her responsibilities are.
0: Yeah. And I know that there's also a conversation about people thinking, you know, Kanye is going to take more of an official role in Balenciaga. And that's one of the reasons that Kim has had such a commitment to the brand. I'm not saying that that's not a possibility. I, I just... I guess I would hope that it would be Kim, (laughs) but I definitely believe that any sort of professional endeavor that he's doing, if there's a way for her to maximize the success of that by just like her being and, and what she can promote, she's there for completely because his success is her success because it's also her kid's success.
1: Right. I was just thinking like how, again, do not want them to get back together. But I did have the thought process of like, how fucking epic would it have been if they were still married and he was the creative director for Men's Balenciaga and she was the creative director for Women's Balenciaga.
0: Right. And you know, it's even crazier that in my mind, both of those things could happen with them divorced. And I actually find that to be even more powerful. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I do actually think that that would be a really powerful thing. I would be so, so curious if that ended up being the case. I don't think it will be with both of them, but I could see easily one of them doing either of those titles.
0: Okay, next thing we have on this list is just Jack Harlow, parentheses, career slash dating. And what I mean by that, or at least the reason that I said his name out loud for us to write down was, I just think that this is the type of hype that really has the potential to sustain itself if he plays his cards right. And based on the amount of interviews I've watched of him, I think that he is going to do that.
1: Oh, I really, really think so too. I hope so. But he has that quality, I believe. It's kind of like when we talk about Lil Nas X, where we're saying like, on top of all of the talent, there's a quality where you just look forward to hearing from him and seeing him and seeing what he's going to do next because you love him so much as a person and you feel so connected. That's what I think we're going to see of Jack Harlow in this year of people really getting to know him as a person and therefore rooting for his success because of liking him so much.
0: The other conversation about Jack, which funny enough was also the same conversation about Pete back in the day. I think that that has now gone away since Kim, but it's the idea of attainability where I don't know if this is more central to just TikTok, but I think you guys will understand what I mean. There's a conversation surrounding him that's like, wow, he's so hot, but also he feels weirdly attainable. Like, I definitely think I could pull Jack Harlow in the right circumstance. And, you know, this happens a lot with people that are on the up because you feel like they haven't reached that peak fame yet where it becomes untouchable. But I think that what will potentially change that perception, not that that's a bad perception, I actually think it's great is if he comes out with an official relationship and depending on who that person is, like if that person is somebody who is very, very famous, I think that will change the public's relationship with him. But I don't mean that negatively.
1: I feel as though that attainability with celebrities, specifically male celebrities, and maybe even male entertainers like singers or rappers has been used as a PR tool for quite some time. And I kind of think back to boy bands where like, part of keeping that hype alive was all of these young girls fawning over them and thinking that they had a chance. You know, it's that classic TikTok of like me at 14 years old, shaving before the Justin Bieber concert, thinking he was going to see me in the crowd and invite me backstage. Like so much of the hype that I think we have around celebrities and kind of the way we grew up is like the idea that like, you know, in an alternate universe, maybe I could date them. Like you fall in love with celebrities and it's not the craziest thing. Obviously, as we've gotten older, we've gotten so much more realistic about what that means. And that kind of manifests as like, oh, I think I could pull this person, quote unquote. And so with Jack Harlow, I think he is so clearly the best example of that right now because he is the hottest thing. But he's also in that new age looks of like, he's not the type of celebrity where like, You look at him and you're like, oh, my God, I have to show my mom and she will think he is so hot. He's like kind of specific and a little bit niche and a little bit quirky. And all of that manifests itself in a way where it's like, wow, I kind of think I could pull this guy. But it makes you more of a fan of him, kind of like it did when you were younger and you were seeing One Direction.
0: Right, and it's like, what's the direction that he's going to take? That is he going to date an A-list celebrity, or is it maybe going to be, you know, somebody who's just starting out in the music industry, or maybe it's somebody who's not famous, fame adjacent? Like, I just think that's a really strategic choice, and I'm very curious to see what happens. I don't have a gut feeling; I'm just interested. Me too. Very. Next thing on this list. This is really funny how all over the place it is because I don't think it's the predictions people would expect. Like, we're not talking about Ben and J Lo. <laughs>
1: I don't even know what I would predict for them because I don't see any engagement yet.
0: No, I don't either. I think they're just enjoying themselves. Yeah. Kiki Palmer slash Jojo Siwa, big year. Yes. Big. We Do people know how hard we go for both of them? I don't know if we talk about it enough, but we just feel like both of them are such specific talents. And I think that for Kiki, this is the year where the world as a whole recognizes her level of stardom. I genuinely feel that way. And I think in terms of Jojo, as she's getting older, she's being more transparent about her life. I think that there's such a move for her there that's, I don't want to say deeper than her normal content because clearly there was a source of connectivity there, but really deep.
1: I think she's going to blow up in a very mainstream way. We know Jojo Siwa and it's interesting to watch her rise from Dance Moms to where she is now because I think for so long we viewed her as like a young kid's entertainer. I think something TikTok has done is introduced us to this idea of Jojo Siwa having such a vast career aside from what we had originally thought her to be. Because one of the conversations you always kind of had with her was like, how sustainable is this? At a certain point, you get kind of old to be being a children's entertainer. And also at a certain point, you're going to want more for yourself than that. You're going to want to expand a little bit more and you're going to want to grow into your age. And so I think that something that TikTok has done for Jojo Siwa specifically is really allowed her to explore that side of her. Again, again, coming out for Jojo Siwa was a huge part of that. It's really growing into her adulthood and who she is and owning that. And I think that what we will see this year is her continuing to not only like hone in on her craft, but really come into the mainstream and have people have this whole discovery of her. Maybe people that didn't grow up with her at all or maybe never knew what her past was. And I think that, That is so exciting. And I feel that way about Kiki Palmer. I think Kiki Palmer's Met Gala red carpet changed things for her in terms of the way that we view her.
0: By Met Gala, you're saying when she did the red carpet coverage at the Met Gala and that sound that went viral, her interview with Timothy, et cetera, correct? Yes, correct. Yes. I could not agree with you more. And I think that what's unique about that is, listen, she's a very famous actress, performer, really, that you would think, okay, this gig kind of commentating at the red carpet, even if it's an event as prestigious as the Met Gala isn't that big of a deal. But I think that what it highlights is that there's a lot of really, really famous actor performers that just don't have the personality to be that dynamic as an interviewer and showing that side of her personality in that way. Yes. I think it led onto the masses. Okay. This person is a triple threat.
1: Yes, that is so exactly what it is. And I think for us, we were not shocked to see this because we've been following her on social media and also we've seen her interviews and we know how just absolutely hysterical she is. For a lot of people, it was like, oh my God, I haven't seen Kiki Palmer in so long and she's killing it on this red carpet and she's so funny. Why aren't we seeing more of her? And that's really why that Met Gala red carpet coverage catapulted her because it wasn't only just like, wow, you're really talented at this and this is really like a craft for you. It's also like, I so enjoy your personality and seeing you do this. And the combination of those two things is really rare, but really special. And she so has that it factor.
0: Mm -hmm. She does. She does. Just some others on this list are Kravis baby, Haley and Justin baby, Alabama and her King Kylie era, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey engagement, question mark. And then Bravo, which what I meant by that is just the success that they saw from Ultimate Girlship, Trip, I think, and also Winterhouse. I think they're going to do a lot more crossovers that may live on Peacock. I don't know yet, but that was my point on Bravo. Quickly, I want to ask you, do you think Travis and Courtney are going to actively try to have a child? Yes. Interesting. I do too. I can't help it. I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but I kind of, I just really think so.
1: I think they absolutely are. And I think that that's not something that we're just pulling out of thin air. I think that's speculation that's been coming from sources for a little bit of time now. The question really to me isn't even are they going to try? It's more are they actively trying or are they waiting until the wedding and then trying?
0: Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess the other thing is that we have no concept of when the wedding is. Although there's just a part of me that feels like it's sooner rather than later. You know, I think that they're both really eager to walk down that aisle.
1: I think so too.
0: Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found AstroPro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too if you deal with this kind of stuff. So AstroPro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. AstroPro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. And AstroPro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing by the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to Astaproallergy.com for a discount. So you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. like. I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. Of course, you're all aware of this by now, but Betty White passed away on New Year's Eve. She's 99 years old. Her 100th birthday would have been January 17th. And you know, listen, I know she lived a very full life and she had so many accomplishments, but it's just something that is really sad. It's the only way I know how to put it, that when an icon like this passes away, we all have this false sense that they're going to live forever. And it just makes your heart hurt.
1: Yeah, it does. There was something about Betty White specifically that always felt really immortal to me. And so to see her pass, especially just shy of her 100th birthday was really sad. But I mean, it's interesting to talk about a celebrity death like this, because there's also something really peaceful about it. And like the way that everyone has just come together and just acknowledged the life that she lived rather than The passing, I think, has been really beautiful. And everyone has something so kind and like profound to say about her. And I've actually felt like a lot of times when celebrities pass, it's really hard, I think, to like read social media and read the comments because a lot of it is so tragic. There's something really heartwarming about reading the stuff that people have written about Betty White.
0: Yes. And the statement that her agent gave to people as part of it, he said, I don't think Betty ever feared passing because she always wanted to be with her most beloved husband, Alan Ludden. She believed she would be with him again. And he passed away in 1981. And there was this interview she did 10 or so years after his passing. And she was asked, what would she would like to hear God say when she arrived in heaven, if it existed? And she said, hello, Betty, here's Alan, which it's just the kind of thing that, that warms your heart. And I agree with you. I loved seeing the outpouring of support. And what I think is especially nice is To me, Betty White is a perfect representation of a concept that I personally feel really strongly about, which is tell people you love them while you can. And I think that the world as a whole always made sure to really surround her with that love and admiration. And I have to imagine she really could feel that.
1: I think so too. I definitely think so.
0: Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? No bleach, no dyes, plus, it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set on a date or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the Conception Aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Okay, next thing we need to talk about is John Mulaney and Olivia Munn because, as we know, Olivia Munn gave birth to their son, this beautiful baby boy, Malcolm, and we've kind of been getting a decent amount of you know social media action from it. And clearly, my perception was wrong, but in my mind, the idea of them posting publicly about their son at least this early on was just not in the cards. Like when I was scrolling through my stories and I saw that she posted a story of John with him. I don't know why I was so thrown off. Like I loved it. Don't get me wrong, but I just did not think that we were going to get that.
1: I was shocked too. I was shocked by that initial baby photo. And then once they had both posted the same photo, I figured, okay, this was maybe the only content we were going to get. And then she posted another good photo with him. He is an adorable baby. And the story, like you were saying, and I was just like, never did I think that we were going to Be getting content of it i thought it was going to be a much more private circumstance just because that's how they appear to me and i guess part of that is that i'm thinking about john mulaney more than olivia munn because he's obviously the one that i've been paying attention to more prior to their relationship i've followed him very closely and he feels very private to me so i guess i figured that that would manifest itself in a way where with the two of them and their new son that that privacy would carry over I'm thrilled to see pictures. Anytime a celebrity invites us into that portion of their life, especially when it's a high profile pregnancy like this, I'm so thrilled to be getting that content. I was just shocked.
0: Yeah. But I mean, it's not just her that's posting about it. Like He posted as well, which to me was even more surprising. And you're right. I wasn't thinking about it from the perspective of Olivia, who was so excited, you know, to have this child and was something that she wanted so badly. And I so get sharing your joy. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it. I, maybe I just thought that she would be influenced by his route, but you know what, maybe this is different for him. And now this is kind of the way that he's going to share his life. I don't know the whole thing from start to finish. And by start, I mean like the start of them together was just so inconsistent with my version of what reality was. So clearly I was wrong.
1: I'm excited to see how this progresses mm-hmm. because also you have to remember, and I feel like this is something that we haven't even spoken about in a while. There were news reports that they had broken up and that they were trying to figure it out and that it was really up in the air. So I think, at the very least, to see them together was shocking.
0: That's also what I think it was. Yes. I didn't know, I really didn't know where I stood on those reports because the one thing that's a fact is that. This all happened in kind of a whirlwind way. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if we want to use history as the best indicator, like a lot of the times that doesn't really last. And at least for the current moment, it's lasting. I'm loving the content and we will continue to update with any more reports. Definitely. Okay, this isn't necessarily something we would typically talk about because I know we don't normally cover shows, but I think you guys will get this. So, Cheers coming out with the season two. The trailer dropped on December 28th and the new season comes out January 12th. And just in general, I mean, if you go back to January, 2020, this was pre-quarantine, the world became obsessed with this. Like the way that so many people, myself included, that never had an interest or an understanding about cheerleading competitions really clung onto this was remarkable. And I just remember feeling that sense of camaraderie. And so in general, I think people were excited about a season two, but as you guys remember, in September of 2020, and let me give a trigger warning here for child pornography and child abuse, was when Jerry Harris was arrested and charged in federal court for production of child pornography. And the, the thing about this, and I know we covered it at the time, I'm not going to get into it so much now, was that yes, people fell in love with cheer as a whole, but it was really Jerry that was the breakout star. You know, this was the guy that was doing red carpet for Ellen DeGeneres and had so many other opportunities based on the way that the public kind of just flocked to him. And so when this came out, it was so devastating and so disgusting and so dark and really just repulsive allegations and charges. And so I was really curious how they're going to handle this. And, you know, the director said, of course, they have to cover it because it it would be the elephant in the room. Everybody knew this was going on. And so the way that they're going to have to handle that is going to be very delicate.
1: Yeah, I think the vast majority of people are so excited for cheer to come back because of that exact phenomenon you were talking about. And it'll be, you know, funny to see if it's able to recreate that same magic in terms of the camaraderie we felt. On the other hand, there are so many people, I think, that the big draw to this season, unfortunately, is going to be seeing the way that the Jerry situation is handled. And when I say unfortunately, I don't mean it's unfortunate that they're Talking about it on the show or that people are going to watch it, it's just so unfortunate that it happened in the first place.
0: Really, really, and really disgusting. And you know, the other thing is well, two things. First of all, this wasn't like you just heard about it. Some of his victims really did interviews. I remember watching those at the time. And so to hear it from their perspective was just additionally heart wrenching. But also, you know, we're going to get to see Monica react in a way that. I don't know if we would, if there wasn't another season. And I do wonder, you know, she kind of prides herself on knowing the different members of the team so well. And so it's so scary when someone who you think, you know, so well, and someone who you've devoted so much time into really turns out to have this side to him that is just a monster really. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just, the whole thing is, is wild and I'm very interested to see how it all goes down. Yeah, me too. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So in terms of the Kardashian recap, let's start out with... I would say the Hulu trailer, but it wasn't even really a trailer. It was more so just an acknowledgement that the show is coming. It dropped on New Year's Eve, but we have no date for a release. We kind of got nothing from it, but I was still excited to see it.
1: They're the only people I genuinely think that can drop a trailer that has zero preview of the show and zero date. And it's still exciting that it came out.
0: And it still got so much hype.
1: Right. Like. You gave me nothing, but also at the same time, thank you so much.
0: <laughs> That's the thing. That's why the anger can never be sustained because we'd always rather have the content than not have the content. So any annoyance for lack of detail is quickly overshadowed by just how happy we are to be here.
1: Well, <laughs> it's funny because even in the nothingness of that trailer, we still found stuff to analyze like Courtney's face and whether or not she was excited to be there and the, you know, the daddy Michelle posting it when not tagging him in the caption thing.
0: Right. That was also interesting. If anybody doesn't know what Julie's talking about, basically Danny Michelle posted it and she tagged all of them except for Kim. So people were speculating, is that because she actually helped style all of them with the exception of Kim or was their beef actually sustained because in the last season or the second to last season, there was a conversation about that. I don't know, but those are the little niche areas of the family that I do find very interesting, even though I have no insight. Me as well. Okay. So let's get into the Kanye house situation. Yes. So Kanye buys the house across from Kim in Calabasas. He paid four and a half million. He plans to tear it down and build a new house on the property. A source told people, quote, Kanye's new house is a teardown. He only bought it for the location. It's near Kim and the kids. He has a vision for the house and plans on starting construction ASAP. It will be family friendly. He wants to be able to have the kids over as much as possible. Living only in Malibu is making visits more tricky for him. When he realized he could buy the house and be near his family, he jumped at the idea he wants to be close by and be there for the kids. So the Malibu house reference there was the one that he purchased in September, just a few months ago for 57.3 million. And I mean, the thing is insane. It's one of the only private residences in the U S designed by Tadao who's this world renowned Japanese architect. And the guy that he actually bought it from, just as a fun fact is Richard Sachs, who's some wall street guy, but he's the ex-boyfriend of Ashley Olson. Did you know that? No. How'd you figure that out? I don't know. It was just in one of the articles that I read, but I think this guy Richard paid something like 1.9 million for the property back in 2003. And it took years and years of planning and building. And just looking at it, you may not understand the price tag, but knowing this architect's work, I mean, it's a huge deal that Connie owns this.
1: Yeah. He bought a piece of art. I mean, an insanely expensive piece of art that you can live in, but nonetheless, it was purchased as a piece of art.
0: Which is so intentional.
1: And so Kanye.
0: Yeah. In terms of the Calabasas house situation, I feel like my reaction is going to sound very stupid now, given the fact that this has had a little more time to simmer, but I'm just going to be honest. My raw reaction when I first saw this was how great it is for the kids and the whole family lives close to one another. So it would make sense that Kanye would be close and they both expressed interest in really wanting to have the solid co-parenting. So I thought that Kim would be thrilled for the sake of her kids Honestly, that's really what I thought. That was the only thoughts going through my mind. I then went online and saw that, yes, there was humor around it, but also there was genuine concern of people thinking that this was a very controlling move on Kanye's part. And taking all of that in, I very much get it. I think that my view was one that was, I guess you could say, more optimistically wholesome, which could be false, but that's, that was my initial reaction. It
1: might be the cynic in me, but when I first saw that he purchased the house, I went to a place of thinking this does have all the earmarkings of being a little bit obsessive and a little bit controlling, especially when you consider how publicly he's speaking about wanting her back. And so that was the first thought that I had as I let it marinate a little. I think that I arrived at a place where as long as Kim is on board for this, and this was something that they decided together and it wasn't just all of a sudden he was living across the street. I'm all on board for this. I mean, listen, I hope that it doesn't affect the way that Kim lives her life, of course. Kim's property is big enough that it probably won't. But for the sake of the kids, if you can't have your dad or the other parent living in your home, to be able to have them right across the street, I can't think of a better gift. Again, maybe that's just me viewing the situation from the kid's point of view and not Kim's point of view, which is totally the case. But For me, if the motivation for Kanye is to be as close to his kids as humanly possible, as much as he can be around them, I can't say that I blame him for that in the slightest.
0: The real question here is, did Kim know that he was going to buy it? If he came to her, he said, there's this property, I want to buy it. What do you think? They made the decision together. Then this is an irrelevant conversation and it doesn't really matter anyone else's opinion. That's the million dollar question, to be honest. Did she know about it? And did she, was this something she gave her blessing to? Because if so, it's great. In the off chance that he sprung this on her, then to me, I don't care, celebrity or not, Kim, Kanye, or not, that's just fucked up. Agreed. Also, he celebrated New Year's in Miami and he was seen having dinner at Carbone with Julia Fox, who is an actress. A source said it's, quote, nothing serious and that he's just trying to have fun, amid the ongoing divorce, I know nothing about them together, but that's my read as well. Like I wouldn't be surprised if throughout the next few months, we see Kanye on a bunch of dates with a bunch of women who he's not going to have any serious future with, but more so kind of as a fun distraction.
1: There was also the pictures of him on his balcony with two other women coming out of his room. So, I mean, listen... I agree. I think that what we're going to see is him having a lot of fun. I think we're going to see him on various dates. I don't think it's going to be anything serious right now. At the same time, it's so difficult to watch him do that. I wouldn't say difficult because I don't, I, I don't, I'm not upset by him doing that. And I don't think Kim's upset by him doing that. I just think as the public, when you're watching someone declare that they want their wife back and they'll do anything. And then you also see them simultaneously on dates and having women walking out of their hotel room onto the balcony.
0: It's an interesting combination for sure. It's an interesting combination for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing, which isn't accurate necessarily, but because so much of the way that I got to know Kanye was through the relationship with Kim, like I was not a Kanye fan beforehand, by any means, I I still wouldn't consider myself a Kanye fan, but I really feel like I got to know so much of his personality through his displays of affection towards her that every single thing that he does in my mind is just so grand that there's a part of me where I can't just envision him having like a casual hookup. (laughs) Because to me, every show of love for Kim was something that was so extravagant. So clearly he's a normal person and he has hookups just like the rest of us, but I don't, it's hard for me to envision
1: I wonder if there is a conversation that's going on between him and Scott about how to deal with dating after you feel like you've lost the person that you're supposed to be with.
0: Okay, so it's so weird that you said that because last night when I was on TikTok. I know exactly what you're about to say. Holy shit. Is that why you said it? No, it's not why I said it. You're referring to the clip from Keeping
1: Up With The Kardashians when Scott said Kanye was over and they had the best time.
0: Yes, he was like Kanye was over and he was safe for hours. We were in the hot tub and you know, they were all hanging out. He basically said Kanye almost spent the night at his house. And when you just said that, it reminded me of that. They did have a relationship, slash, do have a relationship. So, you know, I wonder, Kanye went to Eunice in that DM. Is he going to Kanye off the record? I wouldn't be surprised
1: if this is something that they're bonding over. I would not be surprised in the slightest if Scott reached out to Kanye. Even less surprising to me actually would be if Kanye reached out to Scott.
0: Mhm. I see that. I really do see that. And it's complicated because he has such a close relationship with Courtney.
1: Right. It is the family dynamic is interesting obviously for so many reasons, but when you I always thought about this in terms of Kanye. Like I always thought about it in terms of Mason's uncle being Kanye or Scott's brother-in-law being Kanye, which is still the case. Where, like forget about divorce, forget about breaking up. Like that is still the dynamic of the family. And so for Kanye and Scott to kind of be brothers right now and going through a very, very similar thing and both have had their struggles, you know, in their own lives, I would be, I'm actually hopeful that the two are leaning on each other.
0: Yeah. What better person than somebody who actually understands every single dynamic?
1: That clip is also funny because it was from before Stormy was born. And Scott saying that, Kylie was saying that she was in the hot tub with Penelope. And she said to Penelope, like, you know, it's time to start like being nice to me. Kylie Cosmetics, it could all be yours one day. And Penelope went, well, Push Cosmetics has a nicer ring to it or something. And that was, I had forgotten about that moment between them. And I remember loving it when it was on the
0: show. I know. And that's the beauty of these clips resurfacing on TikTok.
1: And that's the beauty of our for you pages being somehow exactly synced.
0: Speaking of TikTok, this is so minor, but we made sure to put it in the outline because we want to know if you guys were as mind fucked by this as we were. Okay. You know that viral audio on TikTok that is two girls screaming. And then there's different variations of it. But the most famous one is the one that goes into I'm sorry, I have to sing this is the only way to do it of like baby girl. I'm the man <laughs> I'm
1: the man for the big
0: VA. You got it. Right, right, yeah that screaming at the beginning is Kylie and Rosalia at Stormy's second birthday party. And so North, Penelope, Lizzo, so many people, Cara Delevingne are doing TikToks to that sound. And we just found out that it was from them. And I think Kylie also just found it out because she posted it on her story.
1: I, that blew my mind last night when I saw it. I have to imagine everybody else did too, because I don't think that was one where anyone knew that that was the origin of the scream.
0: No, not at all. And aside from just something being a little bit mind blowing, you also have this moment of, you know what, this far in, there is still some shit that we don't know. And I think that was almost a healthy sign that we didn't know that.
1: I'm, you know what, that is an amazing point. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Okay. The last thing that we need to talk about, like it is absolutely essential that we talk about is Chris on Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper, CNN As you all know, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen host CNN New Year's Eve, and they have various celebrities come on. And at one point, Chris comes on and Andy asks her, you know, everyone's talking about Kim Kardashian's new relationship with Pete Davidson. Have you had the chance to spend time with him? How are they as a couple? And Chris goes, oh, you're always digging Andy. And then as she's about to answer in whatever way, which would have been a very vague answer, Stormy comes in, sits on her lap, and Chris is like, nice distraction, good timing, Storm, perfect, right on cue. And when I tell you, Julie and I were obviously together on New Year's Eve, we're all just stoned out of our minds. And we're trying to explain to my dad the importance of what just happened and how we just saw for the first time Stormy being used in real time as a Kim-Pete distraction. It was like the culmination of all Kardashian theories coming to life. God, that was exhilarating.
1: Exhilarating. First of all, I feel like... Just to start, seeing Chris on the screen when you're watching the Sienna New Year special was a gift in and of itself, so you're already excited. Stormy runs in, and you're like, is it Christmas all over again? Because I can't see it getting better. And then on top of that, the third thing is that she's used as a distraction so that Chris doesn't have to
0: answer a question about Kim and Pete. Are you kidding? I know. It was an absolutely perfect lineup of events, and we've been saying this for so long— This is the first time, with the exception of Barry Weiss asking Kim, her favorite SNL member, that the Kardashians have even spoken about this. And so, yes, it was a non-answer answer, answer, but a non-answer answer is enough for me. Plenty for me.
1: The thing with them also is that I don't know how much longer this Kim and Pete relationship is going to last. So I'm curious to see if it ever gets to the point where they are talking about it. Because in the beginning of most Hollywood relationships, it's like you do this phase where you're not talking about it and you're being a little coy, but everyone knows what's going on and that's fine. But eventually when things get more serious, you're talking about them in interviews and people are answering questions more head on and it's not such a thing where you have to like skirt around the issue or it's such a big deal every single comment. And of course we know that there is an expiration date, or I'm assuming so, on Kim and Pete. I just wonder if we'll ever get to the point where they're together long enough that they no longer play it like this.
0: Mm-hmm. It's And that happens sometimes. These massive, not just with the Kardashians, these massive like celebrity relationships or whatever the thing is happens, but they have the gift of it being timed shortly enough where they don't really have to go into it. I just hope that that doesn't happen, but it's very much a possibility. Of course, anything else that you would like to mention?
1: I think that's it. You got any other predictions for 2022?
0: I mean, listen, I probably have a bunch. I kind of liked doing it off the cuff, not like a formal episode, but yeah. Do I think that there's a million other things that are going to occur? Absolutely. And I think the best part is that there's so many things we wouldn't even think of if we sat in this room for the next hour and try to.
1: You know what I can't wait for? Hmm something absolutely insane to happen and us to get on this podcast and say, when we recorded that episode on January 3rd, our first episode back of the new year, and we set our predictions never in our wildest dreams. Could we have come up with X?
0: I know. And and look at us now.
1: I cannot wait for the moment we get to say that. I'm so <laughs> curious what the first thing we're going to say it is going to be about.
0: I know. I know. And I think it's going to be very random. I hope so. Okay, well, we love you guys. We'll see you later this week for the Kardashian Bonus show. And as and I will see you for Bravo. And I can't wait for another year. Thanks for letting us do this. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service.